0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd.
1: I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Daily.
0: This weekend, we did a bit of a tradition. Well, it's it's kind of a, a, an informal tradition. Yes. But I, I called yes. up Paul on, on Friday, and I actually happened, had an open Friday evening. My wife was busy. My son was out doing stuff, and I just said, hey, you, you want to go see F8? You want to go see Fast and Furious 8? Because our tradition is we both try to see both those movies. We saw the first one together in the theater. We always try to make sure we've seen them. Um, how, how do I describe the, this film? I, I just – I laughed a lot during Fate and yeah. Furious. Furious. That, that's the first thing to say. I laughed a lot. And I laughed at places, candidly, that weren't intended to be funny. <laughs> but there was much laughter. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and, and it is, of course, raking in the cash. But there was much laughter in the theater, and I don't think it was where it was intended. But there it was.
1: I asked you at the end of the movie. I said, "Really, they're stopping after ten? We're watching a cash printing machine, and really, they're going to stop? They they love they say so that printing money printing machine so much. I just. I laughed, too. It was fun being next to you as a filmmaker. I always love when we talk movies, especially (laughs) movies about cars. But I know you can talk about movies endlessly, and I always enjoy it. I enjoy what I learn. But this was funny because we were both laughing in different spots, some out of sheer disbelief. But from the filmmaking aspect, what did you think?
0: Well, these these films, here was the biggest thing I took away. When they did number seven, they announced very publicly that they had they had officially signed up and picked theoretical release dates for eight, nine, and ten. So there are at least ten of these coming. Golly, ten! I am shocked. I I am shocked. Here's what will, will most likely happen. I bet you, they'll get to ten, and then they'll they'll splinter it, and you'll have various movies with various individual folks, or two of the group will go off and do a movie. Because this is what the the, the uh, right. I'm off on it on like on the weeds Rogue here, One. This is what the studios like this the, is what the studios are obsessed with right now. They're yeah. all talking about cinematic universes. Okay, Marvel has one, Star Wars is one, DC is supposed to be one. It's it's let's create a world that has lots of characters and then we can splinter them off and make onesie twosie movies and then we can come back together. That's what all the studios are worried about right now. Uh, They've bumped into one with Fast and Furious. I think there will be spinoffs. I mean, I could quickly see the Jason Statham character is a full spinoff movie. Why not? The Rock <laughs> character is a full spinoff yeah. movie. Why not? Th- th- yeah. There's there's those opportunities. I think that exists. You could take Ludacris and make a make a whole movie just around his character. You know, th- th- there's a lot of opportunity Gosh. there, and I think it will probably happen. But back to your question about as a filmmaker, here here's the biggest thing. Not only am I a filmmaker, but we, you, and I, Chance Edgar, we are obsessed with being filmmakers about cars.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're
0: with shooting cars, and this is no longer. This has left shooting cars. It's left it. It's <laughs> We've left it. departed that arena. And I'll go, I'll go another route. You know, Michael Bay, we can talk up one side and down the other about is he a good filmmaker or not. There, there are arguments on both sides. But the thing about Michael Bay is through the 90s into the early 2000s, he shot a bunch of car commercials, and he shot them very, very well. Yeah. And if you watch yeah. one of his films, his car chase sequences are always excellent because he knows how to shoot cars. He knows how to shoot cars real. The Fast and Furious movies have left – any kind of real shooting of cars, (laughs) I lost count. I I literally lost count of two things. The number of times the footage was sped up. The first two or three, I just, I said out loud to you, oh, look, sped up, oh, look, sped up. And then I realized, if I don't stop that, it's going to be every 30 seconds. Exactly, exactly. there was the amount of sped up footage, but then in the back half of the film, I would say 75, 80% of the shots were now, there were no cars in that shot and everything was created digitally.
1: Hmm, I think you're right. I was I was marveling at this film just from the entertainment value because I want to be entertained. We pay 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I want to be fully entertained and be laughing and amazed. I I really liked it. But spoiler alert, you're listening to this. I hope you've seen it already. If you haven't, please go watch the movie and mm-hmm. then come back to this podcast. I really <laughs> like Jason Statham's character in this, but then let's yeah. get to the cars where you're right. They they have – the filmmakers have divorced themselves from the car realities about oh, what completely. cars can and cannot do or should oh, completely. be yeah. doing. Yeah, agreed. And you and I are looking at cars in the film being autonomous cars that do not currently oh, have yeah. that capability built into them. We talk about autonomous cars a lot on this show oh, yeah. Yeah. because we're fascinated with where the car industry is going and how that intertwines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into our love for driving – but there are cars that are being hacked and turned on and driven autonomously that do not have that function built in. They were built in a time when that wasn't even on the radar. They didn't even think about that. The technology probably existed but was not democratized in the way that it is now. I mean, O3 Ultimas and minivans well, but, and yeah. random this. And you see the screen light up and and I yeah. can – I mean, you think you hear the the producers and the directors. I know that I heard the meetings about, well, that doesn't matter. Let's just – the cars just come to life and they yeah. can hack anything because it's got electronics yeah. in it and we can hack it and we'll because just make them hacking. do what we want.
0: Well, but there's there's two sides to that though. I agree with you. One of the things that was funny is there were multiple in there that were FCA. They were Chrysler products. Now, on one level, that's product placement. On another level, there is a funny element. I guarantee you the screenwriters (laughs) read that article 18 months or so ago where there were a couple of hackers hired by FCA to hack into a Grand Cherokee like yours, yeah. right, when they first came out, there were a couple of hackers that were hired by by a corporation on purpose to hack that Jeep at speed and bring it to a stop while a journalist sat in the driver's seat trying to not make it stop. That, I guarantee you, because that was outside of the car press, I guarantee you the screenwriters read that and thought, plot point. I guarantee you they did. So and they and they extrapolated from that or didn't care to extrapolate because it's just you know it's screenwriting and we're thinking about how do we make this work and be grand sure. every car on the street in one sequence gets hacked every car in every parking garage gets hacked yeah. and I don't know if you noticed this Paul but of the cars that theoretically would have the tech that if you hacked them you could drive them the Teslas the the Mercedes and the Volvos Right. weren't in the scene. Those right. three weren't even in the scene. Exactly. So everything in the scene you actually couldn't do this with, but it comes back to where you and I joked about, <laughs> where are these movies where you can do a bank robber because you hack every car in town and you drive it to the other side of town so the cops can't get to you because you're over here robbing a bank. This is the variation of that. We asked two years ago, where is that movie? Well, it's already been done, but all those cars were digital too. I mean, well, not all of them, but they I mean, were like... 10% practical cars, and then it became just this digital, digital wash of, I can put a car there. I can put a car there. <laughs> copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste.
1: Totally. It's, it's like the software that now can replicate armies like they did in Braveheart and every other movie from there on out. And well, Lord of the Rings these, was the pioneer in it. Yeah, well, OK. Sure. So Lord right. of the Rings and Braveheart. You know what I mean. The, the fighting armies mm-hmm. where the camera's too far away to really be close up, but most of the characters are digital – And now we're doing that with cars. And it was just armies of cars. And you could tell Mm -hmm. the dynamics of just the physics when they turn a corner. You can tell. Sure. I mean, you you and I can tell in car commercials when they break to a halt, there's a little bit of a dive, you know, the brake dive, that kind of thing. Okay, it looks too computer generated. You can tell. Same thing here. It was just – but fantastic idea. But where you're going with it is something – yes, it's been done, but not quite because somebody has yet to make the movie that incorporates those car brands that you're talking about that do have the technology and give it a mm, little bit of mm, a darker edge sure. and actually sure. make it real rather than well there's just you know taxis from the 50s and a 2003 Altima over here and you know a Town and Country <laughs> minivan and they all yeah. turned on and yeah, came yeah. to life and they're autonomously driving. No, and that's not what happened with that Jeep either. They just hacked the ignition remotely. They couldn't steer it or guide the car in any way.
0: You're right. They were able to just stop it. They were were able to just stop it.
1: it. They couldn't actually guide it and make the, you know, you're not driving with a joystick suddenly. But those cars (laughs) that you could, somebody make the movie that, like I said, gives it a darker twist and makes you think, huh, the technology's, hum. well, maybe... Maybe that actually could happen. They went so far out on the cartoony disbelief limb that they haven't made that movie yet. But somebody will and they take these cars, and it's an army of Teslas, and then because the technology exists, we know it's done. Most of us have Uh experienced Uh it, and then let's make that movie, and then you think, okay, now that's scary. Not that I want that to happen, but – it was suspend your disbelief, everyone. It, it mm-hmm. was so far out there. It was laughable. It was, it was very, it and then was you're very along fun. for the ride. It, you're along for the ride.
0: It was this. Awesome. This was cars existing in a parallel universe that is not our own.
1: <laughs> it was fun. It was. I you really know, the, liked it. This,
0: yeah, it was very fun. And, and then here's other random things I noticed. Uh, Charlize Theron looks amazing in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she looks wonderful. She's in her 40s. She looks wonderful. And she looks wonderful in real life when you see real photos of her. The reason I bring that up is because I also kept thinking about a com- uh, about a plug-in called Beauty Box. You may not even know this exists. But there is a plug-in called Beauty Box. Uh, there there are others. But, but what happens I'm is sure. in, in post, what we're talking about is digital makeup. Okay? Right, right. And it's really superb. And one of the places you can see it that is overt – is uh, watch the last I think it's the last Avengers movie. They do a sequence where Robert Downey Jr. is playing himself as a as a college student. And okay. it looks like the college student version of him. And in the new oh, uh, yeah, pi- right. Pirates in the new Pirates trailer, there's a quick scene of Johnny Depp as a twenty year old beginning pirate. And it's essentially taking their face, making it younger, putting on the putting it on the body of a thinner actor. That's how they're building this. Mm. But mm. while that's overt, the the more you know, subversive version of this is what happens to more and more actors. I mean, there are male actors who get who have slight bald spots; they get it filled in. But it's a very common thing now I need for to talk female actors, don't I? <laughs> Beyond – yeah, that's, that's the filter we need to worry about to add to all of our post-production. Yeah, and, and I'll have for, – for us, I have this joke actually in editorial that I have a make better button. It's just a general make better button. Right, you just hit right. it on the side of the keyboard and whatever you're working on, it's make better. But um, Charlize Theron clearly had been through the digital makeup box, uh, which she's beautiful. <laughs> Does she need it? But this is starting to happen more and more that there, those kind of fixes are being done because she had a, she had a surreal skin tone the entire film. Hmm. A skin tone that doesn't really relate to reality, and in a couple of scenes, it was like the skin tone on your face and the skin tone on your neck are not in the same <laughs> world. They and don't it wasn't equal just other. you, <laughs> exactly. It wasn't just you've got makeup on. It was, it was, it was cleaner than that. So you know, these are mm-hmm. this is how much digital ma- manipulation is going on in this film, and it takes nothing away from the fact that, like Paul and I, you can sit there as grown men in the theater and cackle with laughter. So in a roundabout way, this is an
1: endorsement. I hope to be going to movies like this when I'm 90 years old, honestly. I, I could appreciate it and have fun. And yeah, it, at some point early in the film, yeah. your disbelief is out the window and you're just enjoying yourself. <laughs> just like, sure, cars. let's do that. Because, yeah, let's, okay. Let's do that now. When, when Dom's car and everybody kept speculating on how much horsepower was in his car. So oh, did you like that? Yeah. Oh, uh, That's a 2,000 horsepower car. And I'm thinking... OK, 2,000-horsepower cars exist. They're very few and far between. And then people kept saying 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. OK, people, it's yeah. not a dragster. This is not a top-fuel dragster. No, yeah. no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but stop They were it.
0: guessing how much power he had, and they were certain by the end of the scene, no, he's got to have at least 5,000 horsepower in that car. <laughs> and Paul and I just both, that one we need to laugh at. We both just simultaneously just kind of bowed our heads like, really? Are we there now? Okay. Is that where we are?
1: I mean, I've seen six thousand horsepower drag racers and they are NHRA top fuel dragsters. They're incredible yes. and they're insane. They do one thing for four seconds at most. They do one yeah. thing and that's it. They're not street cars that you get my point. Anyway, I, yeah, I was of course, just of course. fascinated by all this. It was, it was So weird. all of this
0: to say C F eight, because you yeah. know, you wanna see cars yeah. doing something you cannot possibly fathom, they can solve your problem there. They can do that for you.
1: It's awesome. It's awesome. Worth the money, absolutely. And and I'm thinking to myself, "All right, it was worth my money. I can see why it's a cash machine." So,
0: it is. They're they're all just right. yeah, they're printing printing cash there. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing to think about how long those movies have been going. I mean, they've been going for I hate to do the math, but they've been going for the better part of 20 years at this point. So it's shocking that that franchise, that one, and Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible series. Who knew that two decades later those movies would still be going when they made the first one? No one is the answer to that question, but yet here they are. He's making a new Mission Impossible just because Ethan Hunt cannot be killed.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Yeah, they're in, they're in, those are my favorite. I love those movies. They're
0: in pre-pro on it. It's pretty interesting. So, of course, we're always talking about taking good care of your car. I know we've talked about oh, tires yeah. and all kinds of things. What we haven't talked about much is oil changes. And and I have to call out that thing that everybody, quote, unquote, knows, and that is you get your oil changed every 3,000 miles. <clears throat> no, you don't. Right. That's the first right. thing.
1: Well, what you should do is look up the manufacturer's recommendation. They can always be found mm-hmm. in your owner's manual. You should look yep. at that as your guide for whatever car you're driving. But you should use Amsoil because their synthetics give you 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than the industry requires. you realize that?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what that industry standard is, but talk about blowing it out. I mean, that's just whatever it was, way past it, which is yeah. awesome. And and that actually means your oil change is going to be – by the time you do the manufacturer-recommended recommended oil change – you're gonna still have plenty of oil life left. You have fully protected your car at that point, which is really cool.
1: Well, yes, and AMSOIL Signature Series can protect up to twenty-five thousand miles, which is amazing. Don't do that. Don't
0: don't don't do that. Don't don't. <laughs> no no manufacturer is saying twenty-five thousand miles. It's cool that it could do it, but I'm still. It's not, amazing I'm not that it that. can
1: yeah. and. You know, Amsoil is a friend and a sponsor of our show because they're mm-hmm. obsessed with quality. You've heard Todd and I talk about quality in all of our filmmaking, and, you know, yes. we're putting our name on something and putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amsoil is alongside us with that. So they're friends of ours, they're sponsors, and they're even saying on their website here racing is research. Which I love.
0: Next weekend, Paul, let's go do some research. Let's let's go <laughs> research that. That's what I'm saying. But actually, what's cool is is their website, amsoil.com. You can look up your car, and you can find the actual oil that they recommend for your car. It's not like they have just one line of oil. They, they'll tell you, get this oil for your car. That's a great place to actually research your specific car. Get your oil from amsoil.com. You can get it at any independent mechanic can do it for you. Obviously, if you do DIY oil changes, you can use Amsoil. You're not going to get it at the dealer, but a lot... Of you are doing your own uh, oil changes as we are.
1: Yeah. And Angela is devoted
0: to protection, so you need to be chasing them. So let's do car debates. Let's actually wrench this back to something (laughs) resembling reality. We have two tonight. Uh, We've got uh, Ryan writing to us. Uh, He's 15, looking for a first car. That's going to be a cool one to talk about. And also Erin in California. She's 28, and she's writing in and trying to get some help from guys that are helpful with cars, because apparently you've had uh, men in your life who have not been. We're sorry about that. Thanks for being with us. So let's talk about these two debates.
1: Yeah, let's jump right into Ryan's podcast here, or his debate for the podcast I think he's so far the youngest person to write into us. I just about, I yep. Think so, right in there. He's so he's fifteen. I think that's the age when it starts to really sink in. You think, all right. I mean, bicycling is great, but cars. <laughs> right. I like I like
0: my bike a lot. This must end. Yeah, I remember I that age. Yep. I was totally into oh, mountain yeah.
1: biking and thinking I'll never be into cars. And six months later, my mom was right. you Yeah. She said you're going to want a car. And she was right. So he's writing to us, wanting a car he can have fun in, and get this, a little bit of luxury and class to a car that's under thirty thousand dollars. Under thirty for your first car is pretty far up there. And I want to address this, Ryan. That's,
0: yeah, we, we that's, need to that's talk excellent. about this. I
1: mean, right. yeah. my car was a 1977 Jeep Grand Cherokee with rust holes that yep. M- yep. I yep. think we sold for five hundred dollars. Anyway, it was um, – Watching the pavement go by. Yeah, I get it. Most people's first cars are very inexpensive. So this is quite a price range, and I want to address that. Uh-huh. He wrote mm-hmm. to us uh, earlier talking about Honda Civic Hatchback, Chrysler 300, Accords, and Maximas. But he did some more research with this new email and came up with some cars mm-hmm. that he likes better. So his current yep. faves here are yep. the BRZ. So FRS or BRZ. We'll just call it the GT86. Yep. Maxima. Certainly, yeah. Chrysler 300, and interestingly, with all our talk of the 500 of Bart, he's interested in one of these. But he's got a question mm-hmm. at the end of his email here that I think is interesting too. So he's Agreed. got he's got some driving done. He's he's uh, mostly got questions about this. He's got questions about yeah. audio quality, and I get it. And <laughs> I'm going to reveal my audio tastes. For when I was Uh-oh. in high school. <laughs> I'll get okay. to this. We, we touched to
0: this. on this before. This is a frightening, frightening dark alleyway. But
1: keep going. I uh, I was a bass head in high school. I, I know. We've heard. Yes. I think everybody's heard that. But I just started like, oh, yeah, who did I listen to? And my fingers got typing here. And I made a list that Uh-oh. you're not going to believe because I can't believe it. Now, some <laughs> of these I still like. And and more. some of them are more like, oh, yeah, that was nice then. Some of them I genuinely like. Some of them I still kind of dig. I, I hear that now. I mean, your musical chase evolve and change, I think. but Sure, sure, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I don't, you're not ready. You all are I, I, not ready I, I'm for I'm really
0: not ready. You're right. No, I, I'm a little frightened, but keep going.
1: Too Short, Ice Cube, NWA, 2 Live Crew, Gucci Crew, Rob and DJ Easy Rock, Kid Rock, Will Smith, The Fat Boys, Run DMC, Ice T, Easy e AMG, SWV, King T, <laughs> DJ Magic Mike, Tupac, Doctor Dre, Miss Janet Jackson, the brand new heavies, Aaliyah, and how can I not? Sir Mix A Lot.
0: Wait, wait! I, I that list really has a common thread with the possible offshoot of Janet Jackson, and then otherwise the list has really got it's got some focus to it. I applaud your focus. I was a basshead. Um, wow! I was into it. Okay, you were. You were I, for sure.
1: I just had to get that out there and off my chest because um, there you go. So audio, night. Ryan. Good for you. Okay. I, I get the audio night. thing. Um, well, but, but let's talk but about Ryan,
0: cars. Yeah, but Ryan, see, it's interesting because Ryan lists these cars. And I've actually got some others I want you to really think about seriously, Ryan. But. Here's the interesting thing about the BRZ, at least I think is interesting, because of course he he brings that up. He says he really likes pretty much everything about it. He asks me to kind of confirm, do I like this car, and do I think it's a good first-time car? Yes, I really like this platform. Yes, I think it's a great first car, because especially if you get it in a manual, it's in that same category as the Miata, which I've talked about for first-time drivers as well. It's not an overly powerful car, as has been discussed. When you're a first-time driver, that's fine. It's a very engaging car. You can tell what it's doing as you drive it, and if you get it in a manual, you'll be busy. I think it works on every possible front. Ryan's problem with the car, though, is he feels that the that the stereo is not good enough. <laughs> Ryan, my friend, um, the stereo is one of those things. Look, I get it. If you want your stereo to be killer, that's fine. And if you have the money to make it killer, that's great. But the th- I would never buy a car because of the stereo. I just wouldn't ever do it. I, I would never decide on a car because of the stereo or decide right. to not get a car because of the stereo. That is... In the, in the world of cars, one of the most simple things to change, because automakers, as is proven by every touchscreen on the planet, being worse than the one you have in your pocket with your phone, car makers are least good at creating an entertainment uh, center. They hopefully are best at everything else. So if you don't like the stereo, get the car you love and change the stereo, Mm-hmm. Don't get it for that reason. Yeah. I'm not saying the BRZ is your answer, but I think if that's the reason you don't want the car, that reason really is less important. Get the car, change the stereo.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I uh, I want to address some of this too, and uh, the question that I was referring to, Ryan, here at the end was, he asks us, is the Fiat 500 too girly for a male teenager who's a baseball player and likes the true sound and performance of the Abart? but not mm-hmm. quite sure about the looks of the car. So obviously perception mm-hmm. is an issue here. My thought here is that if you're at all concerned about spending more of your time defending your car choice, rather than people just getting it instantly, don't buy it. If that's concerning to mm-hmm. you, we mm-hmm. get it. I, I'd say, yeah, get the abart. It's an awesome car. They're very inexpensive and they are loads yeah, of they're fun. Great. But if that concerns you, if you think, you know what, I'm going to have to sort of – defend myself every time somebody like, why'd you get that? And then you have to take them for a drive and show it to them and explain. If that's kind of on your mind, then don't get it. Don't worry about it.
0: Interesting. Okay. I don't think it does. See, I, 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 I don't agree with that, but that's OK. I mean, my, my feeling is, Ryan, get the car that you love. Now, I understand there might be some discussions. I mean, I'm not going to, with that concern, I'm not recommending a Miata to you because I think the Miata would be great for you, but if you're concerned about the Fiat 500 a Bart. I'm gonna say you're really not gonna go Miata. But I think with the ABART though, it really depends on what's it look like. Because please don't get yourself the Gucci version of the ABART. You'll be laughed at <laughs> the parking lot. Okay. <laughs> but if you get the five hundred abart coupe in black with the, the the charcoal wheels and the red accents, that car looks mean. It looks mean like that. And Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing about that car that isn't just a teenage guy got out of that with his sports gear. Great. Uh, Done. Sounds mean. Looks mean. I think spec like that is the right way to go. You know, maybe you don't want the convertible. I saw a convertible version today with the tricolors of the Italian flag on white. Okay, probably not your choice.
1: (laughs) Probably not the best.
0: But, you know. And maybe, I'm wondering where you are, Ryan, have you only ever seen women driving the, the 500? Is that the concern? Because one of the funny things to me when I moved to Utah was right around the time that car was new. In California, before I left, everyone I ever saw driving a Fiat 500, now not the Abart, just a 500, was a woman. I came to Utah, and everyone I saw in it was a guy. So yeah, so, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't begin to tell you. The thing I did think was funny is there was a, there were a couple of red five hundreds. Not the Abart again. Red five hundreds. I saw driving around in Utah in the middle of the winter, and the guy behind the wheel probably had fifty pounds on me in five or six inches, and was wearing the big Carhartt overall coverall things. And I thought, you in that car really? Weird. But this was a bright bright red base five hundred, and I thought, hmm. It's a choice, uh, but come on, get get the Abart, right? If you like it, a black, a blacked out Abart, that's a cool car, man. But uh, let's talk about his other options as well.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I, I like the Abart as well. I I think it's going to be fine. I do want to address insurance at this point. Mm-hmm. I want to say the more money you spend on a car, the more eyes on you, and by that I mean the insurance adjuster eyes looking at a brand new driver in a more expensive car and i sure. will say and more
0: powerful too yeah
1: and more powerful the statistics are not in your favor when you're a new driver <laughs> i am sorry about yeah. that but admittedly you don't have as much experience as mm-hmm. drivers mm-hmm. later on And a high horse horsepower car as todd is saying that's going to be very expensive from an insurance standpoint and so i encourage yeah. you any upgrades you do to the car the best one you can make is to the driver yeah, And that goes absolutely. for anybody. Absolutely. Track driving, you know, <laughs> oh, what should no I question. do to upgrade yep. my track times? How about you upgrade you? Why don't you invest yep. in some yep. driving skills or instruction and then go make, you know, your car faster or brake better or mm-hmm. whatever that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think about insurance a lot here and just the statistics and it's it's true, unfortunately. And, and insurance companies, that's all they have to go on, really because yeah. of accidents. Yeah. And so I mm-hmm. come back to manual transmission, and I do come to the ND generation Mazda MX-5 Miata. I do come to that, even though... I think it's a great car. I feel like, I, I mean, at this point, if you've got 30000 to work with, I'm not going to blow that budget. That's a lot of money for a brand new driver. And I say, go yeah. for that MX-5 yeah. or the Abart, or, yeah, like, uh, like you've said here. But something that is lower power less horsepower, mm-hmm. that it's going to mm-hmm. keep your insurance down. And again, to Todd's point, audio can be upgraded. I've seen just yeah. even systems where you can just upgrade the amps and just speakers, stock speakers, getting a lot more power to them will mm-hmm. sound mm. dramatically different. So think about that as well. But don't worry about audio for now. It's like car salesmen. They tell you, oh, what's your favorite color? Oh, well, yeah, it does come in blue. Hey, do you like the audio? Hey, check out this power <laughs> feature. And you think to yourself – Okay, now this is wrong. You're selling me on features. Let's go for a drive yeah. and let's turn yeah, off the, the car radio. decent radio, you know, I know you're going to make more of these. I get that. So, <laughs> you know, don't buy the car for those kinds of things because you know, all that can change. You can get the color you like. You can get the audio upgrades. So, less power is what I'm thinking. That's why I really do mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. to the MX5 and you know, that's that's a lot of money for the first car. Yeah. I mean, Maybe yeah, it I'm is. just yeah, it is. still comparing to my rust-ridden jeep. That <laughs> anyway. seriously, I,
0: but but I see that. But but you're right. I mean, it's not just the getting into the car; it's actually the insurance and the and what kind of trouble are we getting into? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are factors for sure. I mean, one thing that Ryan said here that I want to circle back to though is he made a comment that I found kind of in contrast to some of his car choices. He said he's looking for kind of a combination of luxury and class in a car he likes. Well. Honestly, I, I'm a huge proponent of the 86 platform, but I would never describe those cars as luxury or class. BRZ, FRS, does, it just doesn't check those boxes. Sure. I love sure. the car, love being in it, doesn't qualify. So that's interesting that that's here. It's also really not anything I would do to describe the Abart. So I think that's why you you mentioned Ryan the Nissan Maxima and the Chrysler 300 I want to speak to both the Nissan Maxima look it would run they could be pretty cool looking I get it I don't think of that as an enthusiast car and then secondly the Chrysler 300 I, I think I think style wise that car may be a little old for you that's that's my first instinct but even if the style you love I think it's too big for you hmm yeah, I think that's, that's just physically too large a car for an early driver. Sure, uh, I think that's – when you get in a car that large, it's like that pickup story I told, told a couple of weeks back. You get in a car yeah, that large right. and you're not an experienced <laughs> driver, it's, it's a lot of sheet metal to just move properly, to find in gaps, to get into parking lots. I think you're more likely to ding a car that size. I think that car is just flat out too big for you as a first driver. So I want to take both those off the consideration list. But I am going to add one that I wondered about. This whole luxury class thing, okay. less than 30K, but I'm thinking about you as a first-time driver. What about a manual transmission, like two-year-old manual transmission BMW 228i? It's classy. Uh, okay. It's modern. Yeah. It's not overly powerful. It's more powerful than the FRS, but it's not saying much. But it's, but it's not overly <laughs> powerful. You can get it in a manual. It has that luxury and class. It does all that. You get a couple-year-old one, it's going to be 20s, low 20s, you know. Yeah. and it's not an overly powerful get-away-from-you car, but it's got plenty of power, certainly for a first-time driver. You and I enjoyed that ZF eight-speed version on the track a couple years ago, but thankfully you can get it in a manual. I feel like that may be the sweet spot that converges everything you've talked about in your email, so I'm putting that out there as a possibility. I don't know what your cutoffs are for insurance and these kind of things. But I'm going to put that out there as one you're not considering and you should.
1: I like that as well. And I'm trying to think about the insurance like crazy here and just power and perception because, you know, you're driving a European car and, you know, people see that badge because my thought went to an Audi TT. I don't know that we've ever really Mm. recommended Mm. a TT before, but I think, yeah, a little bit lower power. I mean, they're still pretty fast, to be honest, the turbocharged cars. Yeah, they're not small and quiet by any
0: means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but totally.
1: that is definitely a luxury car. Get that in a manual, and it carries fewer people, so less distraction. And I think there's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of styling lies, and class and yeah. prestige, and all that stuff about a TT. And I bet you you can get one for well under thirty. That certainly, you know, get a used one. Yeah, we're absolutely. getting into all those things now. But as an early driver, I want something reliable and solid for you, and still fairly new because if we get into the Euro mm-hmm. thing, we're talking maintenance. You know, and certainly insurance adjuster eyeballs looking at, okay, a brand new driver <laughs> driving a hot Audi yep. or a hot BMW. And even though you think, well, no, these are at the, the bottom of the range. They're not even M cars or RS cars. Still, just that badge, the prestige that it carries alone can be yeah. can
0: be tough. Um, it'll it'll help versus the hot versions, but you're still – repair costs yeah. are still replacing uh, sheet, sheet – uh, metal on a european
1: car and that can get pricey for sure (laughs) yep and apparently your zip code matters so i'm just putting that out there it matters yes (laughs) dramatically in la
0: look at your insurance for (laughs) living with your parents or living with your grandparents or living with another friend where does your insurance work out the best you may have to move ryan so that's part of it as well
1: exactly well uh ryan thank you so much for writing twice and we're glad to help you out and let us know what yeah. you find out. Something to consider here and and uh, again let us know where you're at with that. So
0: I know many times we've talked about, you know, you, you're you're the family person trying to get a car you like, but of course you also have kids. Do oh, you yeah. also have a dog? This is the other struggle because the kid eventually gets to a place where they're going to get a little bit neater. You I mean, you're still going to deal with the random hose things
1: out of the back seat and on the floorboards. You get to stop there, finding there's, surprises. There's two,
0: There's fewer thrown sippy cups. There's not the random get sick in the back. This becomes lessened. However, if you have a dog, that dog never gets neater. And if you have, like, my wife has a Cayenne, leather seats. We have a dog. She has claws. This could be a nightmare. What you've got to do at some point is figure out a way to, A, tether your dog to keep it from it if it's like my dog running all over the car. Exactly. And, B, figure out a way to cover up those leather seats so they just don't get beat on all the time. And that's where Covercraft is awesome, because not only do they do all the typical things you're thinking of, the car covers and all that kind of stuff, they have a whole dog section. You can just you can corral the dog and keep it from wrecking your seats just by going Huge. to the canine section of their website.
1: Well, they're more than just this. They do car covers, they've got floor mats, they've got all kinds of protection, everything you need to protect your car or truck from getting damaged in the first place. You know, as I'm talking about, <laughs> cleaning everything out is great, and I do that a lot. I I don't yeah. let people eat in my car because it's work for me. I have to clean it out and vacuum the Cheetos out, and I don't want the sticky soda anywhere. But keeping it from getting dirty is – I mean, that's the point. But if you can't do that and, yeah, you just life intervenes, Covercraft has got a product for you. So visit our sponsor, Covercraft.com, whether it's dogs, kids, life – whatever it is, spilled soda, they've got you covered. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE at checkout for free shipping in the continental US. We will jump to Erin in California who found our show via College Info Geek on the Listen Money Matters. She is 28. As Todd said earlier, she recently moved to California. She's in the market to buy her first car because Mm -hmm. in high school, she drove her parents Acura Integra. So this is Probably an early 2000s model, which she really liked. And when she was in college, as most college kids don't need a car, she didn't. And then when she was at home, her parents owned a (laughs) Prius, which she admit really sucked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she hated that car. Yeah, So she's desperately trying to find (laughs) something she can enjoy. She actually really liked that Integra. Her budget is 10 to 15 K. So we're, we're not shopping in a lot of brand new stuff, but at 10 to 15 K, as you and I've talked about, and Erin has discovered, there are a lot of options and she's kind of overwhelmed, which leads her to writing to us and just going, okay, 10 to 15 K. I want something that's fun to drive. She wants to do weekend trips out of the, out of the Bay Area. She's living in the Bay Area, which actually sounds great, but you aren't commuting. Because you're living in the city, so you aren't commuting. So this is a car to take on road trips. It's a car apparently you're going to take to flea markets now and then to look for furniture. Uh, You want to take friends along. You don't want boring. You want a car you enjoy driving. That's why we're here, Aaron, so we're glad you're writing in. This is fun. I do want to mention one thing, though. Okay. She said she has to get an automatic. Yeah, and her caveat here is I have to have an automatic because all of my terrible boyfriends refuse to let me drive their manual transmission cars and teach me manual. That's just sad. That's just <laughs> flat out sad. Yeah, and Aaron, I'm sorry you're all the way in San Francisco. If for some reason you roll through Park City, Utah, let's take an afternoon. I'll teach you on the FRS because <laughs> that's that's fine. That that you just take a manual transmission car, you go, you do it. So yeah, I think that's terrible. But having said that, we'll find you an automatic. So agreed. got it.
1: Agree, it's something else Aaron says, that she likes to go to flea markets to look for furniture. So that influenced mm-hmm. my decision a lot, and she doesn't yeah. want a boring car. And so all I could think about was a car swallowing a fairly good-sized piece of furniture.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and is I a think, concern for here for sure. What's yeah.
1: fun that carries furniture? And it led me to hot hatches, okay?
0: Okay, good, good.
1: So I started with a Mark Six. 2013 Volkswagen GTI.
0: Now Good, we've talked like about it. these
1: cars endlessly. The DSG dual clutch transmission on these cars is a lot of fun.
0: It's It's excellent. It's one of the better excellent. ones. It's I mean, great. yeah, it's one of the better ones for sure.
1: Aaron, I found you a dark blue 2013 with only 38,000 miles for 15782. Really? So if you tell wow. me 15000 I look for $16,000 cars because I consider that yeah. $1,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. arena, the negotiation gap. I'll bet you they'd take $15,200, $15,300, 15, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a great find, man. I like that one a lot. That's so I'm excellent. Thinking, yeah, still fairly new. GTI, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think it'd be cute and fun and sporty and fun to drive, and you'd love the dual clutch. I. Yeah. That's probably my top choice for you, and just finding a I lot like of these cars. I like that a lot, cars, actually you got to look hard for something with lower miles. That's really key here. But I think you can do it. Like I said, I found you a good mm-hmm. one here. And my other recommendation for you is a 2016 Mazda 3 hatchback for bang good. on $16,000. And so I think, all right, huh. they'll probably take fifteen five. dollars And those are fun to drive cars. Both Todd and yeah. I have been surprised multiple times when we get in this car. It's not even the hot version. We think, this is still just mm-hmm. enjoyable. It's fun. And I think both of these have big enough hatchbacks, fold the seats down, and they'll swallow a dresser and something antique or cool or funky. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot. You can still take friends. These are two cars I think you should really take a close look at. And, uh, yeah, go have a drive. And if this budget, Mm -hmm. as we've said, there's a lot out there. I mean, you could probably even get a Chevy Volt, but – I don't think it really fits in the fun category that you want, but there's yeah. so many cars yeah. that have just dropped off a cliff in terms of price yeah. that, yeah, you start looking around and you think, really, I could get into that. Huh, I never really considered that.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. consider okay. these
1: two. I'm glad you wrote in, Aaron. This is, this is pretty fun. I,
0: I, I like those hatches. Those are good. I'm glad you listed those. I didn't go that route, but I'm glad you listed those. My question for Aaron is this, and, and I, there's no way to answer this. You're going to have to really think about this. It almost It's almost our pickup truck question. <laughs> so here's my question. How often are you really going to flea markets to really pick up pieces of furniture? Because at some point, you run out of places to put said furniture.
1: Well, maybe it's frames, so, you know, nice art frames or you know, picture maybe, frames. Maybe, maybe. But, I, but mirrors, this is my or... question.
0: How often are you going out to pick up really big pieces of furniture that won't go in the average trunk? Now, if you say to me that's a once-a-month occurrence and I take, bring something huge home – then okay, let's take a serious look at getting something with a lot of hatch space. But if it's an every now and then, you come home with something that really couldn't fit in a trunk, then I say to you, don't buy your car for that reason. Uh, You know, Get your friend with the truck or go to Home Depot and rent the pickup or whatever to pick up that thing when it happens. If it's a a once-a-year deal, okay, let's just buy a car. So I went a couple routes for you. First off, I really thought about those old Integras, you know, front-wheel drive, Japanese. Yeah. They don't weigh that much. They're fun to chuck around. I, I was thinking about those. And that led me to a couple that I feel like are in, in the category of that. They And I wanted something for you that looked a little classy but was su- surprising for your budget. I came up with two.
1: Okay.
0: You should drive a Honda Accord Coupe. Good. Because it's yeah. just Gonna run. It it feels yeah. like in some ways that feels to me like the the successor to those old Integras. That's that's a surprisingly fun car in a package you wouldn't expect. So Honda Accord Coupe I ne- think needs to be on there. You know what? Also you can find for fifteen grand, Aaron. I found a lot of them. Audi A fives. Not talking S five. I'm not talking R S five. A fives have
1: dropped off a cliff. You have
0: options. You have options at fifteen grand. You're kidding me. I, now, there are some that look like the rental spec model with the tiny tires, and the, but there's others that don't. They just look great. Wow. So Audi A5, I think you would thoroughly enjoy that car. You talk about wanting to take some road trips. You know, that, that car is just great. Now, look, it doesn't have a ton of backseat room. I get it. Maybe you have to go four-door. But I was just trying to think about something you would just enjoy being like, that is my car. Hmm. So Audi A5. So that's why I brought that one up. Another successor to your old Acura idea, you know, the, the TLs, the early 2000 TLs, Acura TLs, one of the better front wheel drive sedans ever. Honestly, looks great, handles great. So like the 03, 08, uh, you may want to get 04 to get away from their first year. But 03 to 08, with 10 to 15 grand, you have choices of nice ones. And those mm. cars just run. You'll see those. at, yeah, I'm still driving mine. It's 200,000 miles. Yeah, true. So the $15,000 one's going to be, you know, 100,000 or less miles. So I think those TLs you need to consider. And then the flea market thing hit me again, and I had <laughs> okay a wild card, a okay. car I never recommended on the podcast.
1: Interesting. I'm intrigued. All I right. kind of like
0: this. I kind of like this, right, Aaron. Right. It's 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 random. It's not common. The first generation Lexus IS300, surprisingly dynamic car, pretty cool looking, came in a wagon called the Sport Cross.
1: You're right.
0: The Lexus IS300 wagon Sport Cross. They're in your budget. They're not common. They're good looking. It's a nice chassis. Find one of those. That's my wild card for you. Something here has got to work for you. I hope it does, Aaron. Please let us know. (laughs) I remember the instrument
1: panel. On those it's early cool. Is cars, were it's actually really cool. they were inspired by watch design, and you can see it in it the bezels like and the clusters. It looks like it. I yep. really like yep. this this whole instrument panel on those cars. really did. That's good. Good one. All right. Well, we've got a race to so many good questions here on uh, on everywhere, everywhere, everything. Uh, yeah. Instagram, yeah, it's great. Thank Twitter, you, guys. Facebook. Thank, yeah, thank you for writing in. I say let's just jump right in here to a few of these. <laughs> Definitely. Miles on Facebook has asked a question that I am still grappling with. All right? Oh, interesting.
0: I, I actually n- noted this too, but I do have an answer. But I, I noted this same question. But you I want to hear where your thoughts are.
1: Yep, yep. I uh... – <laughs> all right, here it is. If we had to trade places with any other automotive YouTuber channel or a single personality – Mm-hmm. who would it be and why? Yeah. And I thought about this for a while, and I still haven't arrived quite at a particular answer for automotive. I guess it's okay. got to be somebody with access. And my my thought here is just VIP access everywhere. And if I'm missing somebody, sure. please let sure. me know. Please write to us. Call me out on this one because I'm just thinking. And I think in terms of like a, a yacht show, where Aston Martin might be exhibiting a special one-off mm-hmm. thing or okay. yeah. you know, a particular car show. You and I have been to a few. The, the Pebble Beach show does a lot of stuff uh-huh. like this. But the kind of access that only owners or prospective owners would get, where car companies like to keep sure. journalists away and kind of keep them out. But that yeah. kind of thing where it's, I could afford this car and this car company is courting me and my money. I'd like mm-hmm. to go to those kinds of special – Events and share that. And sure, I, I haven't really arrived at anybody who does you almost,
0: that. You almost need the, they're they're out there. They're the YouTubers that are doing the lifestyle high end lifestyle vlogging, and they wind up. Flying in the new uh, Gulfstream, and they wind up driving the new Aston Martin and getting in this yacht. And it's not because they are experts at any of those things, but they cover that lifestyle. I see where you're going.
1: Right. And it's because of lifestyle. That's why. I mean, don't we all kind of want that lifestyle? So I guess that's kind of where my head's at. But I don't have a particular person or channel that stands out. If you guys have found a good one and you kind of know what I'm alluding to, please send it to me. I'm curious. But I haven't spent a whole lot of time looking, but I just, you know, somebody with access but more in the car realm. I mean, yachts and jets and all that's cool, but, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, house with a view and a fire pit and a nice garage (laughs) and they have a track on their property next to their house and I I don't know, something along those lines. But if yeah, it were these, not automotive. These are not
0: real problems, but yeah, go on.
1: Not real problems. I was going to say, if it's not automotive, the two that I would like to trade places with are Dude Perfect and ERB, Epic Rap Battles of History. I got sucked into watching those again. <laughs> they're the best. They're the best. They've been around for a that's while funny. now, too. Yeah, that's both true. Of those, that's funny. Both those YouTube channels have been around, and they're awesome, and I love them, and I get sucked in and wasting time watching their awesome stuff. So. That's uh, Miles. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, I, I, I,
0: yeah, I have I have one directly for you, Miles, and it may seem kind of obvious, uh, but here's here's my reasoning. Follow my reasoning here. I would love it, and I'll tell you exactly why. I would love it for Paul and I to get the slot that Johnny Lieberman and Jason Kamissa have with Motor Trend, Hmm. where they do their head to heads. Now, let me go. Let me go further. I don't want to do it for Motor Trend. I'd like that to be Everyday Driver. From this perspective. Motor Trend gets access to cars that, honestly, comparisons Paul and I want to do, but they get them six to eight months before we do because they're Motor Trend. Right. They they are in that pantheon of car magazines, Top Gear's up there, a lot of other car magazines up there, where if they ball that car up into a little ball of (laughs) tinfoil, no one cares. Yeah. So they have a ton of money. Watch. Just if you want to laugh, if you want to just laugh at the realities of what we do here at Everyday Driver- Just watch the end credits of a Motor Trend video and then watch our end
1: credits.
0: (laughs) The the, the number of people and the amount of money that gets thrown at their productions boggles my mind. One of their videos could probably fund our entire calendar year, let alone their big hour-long performance car of the year. I'm talking their random two-car head-to-heads is probably our yearly budget. So if we had that kind of budget, the access they have and the ability to take that budget and go travel and do things, I want that. We will hopefully head there with TV and other options, but that's why I would trade up Miles. I don't want to be those guys, but that access, that budget, I want that.
1: Yeah, so for you, access definitely is a thing. And so I will do a tiny segue. If you're listening and you have not subscribed to our channel, Would you please? We're asking you. Sure, yes. Thank you. Please subscribe. That's the simplest thing you can do to support us. It actually really does. You'd be surprised. And we definitely want your subscription. Hopefully we've earned it. But if we, yeah, if you would be so kind, that would be really excellent. So hit the subscribe button and that will really help us out a lot. So thank you for writing. Thank you for the questions. And be sure to hit that subscribe button. It's something we've asked for very early on. But I think we forget to because I think people just kind of forget and you watch a video and forget to subscribe. But that is a huge, huge thing for us, especially when it does come to advertisers and sponsorships. So that's mm-hmm, uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely something that matters. So really appreciate it. Definitely thank matters. You guys.
0: Well, and it matters on the podcast, too. I mean, for those of you that are yeah. that are writing yeah. comments and, and rating the podcast, that's what keeps the podcast high up in the ratings. So we really, really appreciate that as well. Our numbers are growing here. And that's entirely you guys passing it on. So thank you for that. I also wanted to talk about Eric Johnson's question on Facebook. He said, and I'm going to just take this on because, of course, I'm the Lotus guy.
1: <laughs>
0: Would we have a Lotus Elise we never track? I want to speak to – uh, maybe an unintended misconception about this podcast. I mean, we read all of our reviews on on iTunes and everything, and we read pretty much all the YouTube questions too. There's a lot, folks. But yeah. uh, but yeah. Paul and I talk about track driving, but we're not saying everyone must track drive. Agreed. We talk about track driving because, I mean, Paul's GTS is a great example. Some of these cars now are so capable that the only chance you're going to get to really ring out the car you own is to take it to a track. There's just not another place to really do it. That's why track driving comes up so much. But on random weekends, what do Paul and I do? We hop in a car and we go to a great road and we just drive it. Or we're excited to go, you know what, I'm going to run errands, but I'm going to take the long way. Mm -hmm. So track driving's cool, but we're part of the whole everyday driver thing is we want you to have a car you're loving driving during all of the everyday stuff. This isn't track driver. We recommend it for the fun of it, for the extreme of it, but that's not what it's about. So I'm going to say to you, Eric, would I have a Lotus Elise I never tracked? Absolutely. Now, (laughs) that is a bare-bones, hardcore, no-cruise-control, air-conditioner that's not really very good world. (laughs) And I would still have one, my friend. Yeah, you would. I probably wouldn't have one in Arizona or in stop and go LA traffic because I would probably kind of start to hate the car. But if you're not in that situation, you will actually have the chance to drive it in just actually moving in no- somewhat normal ways. You'll still enjoy that car. I enjoy my FRS, which is obviously great on a back road, but I'm not always on back roads. I just like driving it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's no reason to not, if you can deal with it's impracticality, and you embrace the fun of it, which is how I'm wired, then drive it doing whatever.
1: Agreed. I absolutely agree with your assessment here. Yes, because you're right, Eric, cost and location play a big part, as does time. Track is awesome, Mm -hmm. and track Mm -hmm. time is great, but it kind of is your whole day. I mean, it's a full Saturday or oh, a full yeah. Friday or whatever it is. You might as well just plan on it being your entire day. Now, the track out For here sure. in Utah does the wide open Wednesday thing, so 530 true. to yeah. you know, sunset. Like 8 or yeah. Mm-hmm, eight, yeah. Something like that. Track is open. You can get some laps. But guess how popular that is? Very.
0: Yeah. yeah, So you true. don't get
1: a lot of track time. If you want a full day and you're out there, well, yeah, it's a big time commitment as well and then the consumables. So, yes, we want you to just find excuses to go burn a tank of fuel and that's <laughs> that's the money you would have spent on a therapist. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's I hear that. Therapy in and of itself and you just burn through a tank of gas and go find your favorite road and thusly let it be so. That is yeah. what we want out of it for you because you're right, track driving is amazing and it's fun and it's quite an outlet, but not everybody has the chance to do it. But if you've got an hour and you've just, I need a break. Mm-hmm. I need to forget about everything Absolutely. going on in my life. Absolutely. I'm out of here. Go have some therapy. Done. Therapy yep. session. Yep. What graphic could we use yep. for that T-shirt?
0: And if you and if you wind, if you wind up with a, um, a lease, Eric, and you need somebody to help you drive it, uh, <laughs> let me know when you're in Utah. I'll, I'll happily help you not drive it. I, I can show you places to not drive it on a track, and we'll still love it. That's, I'm all for it. Bring it on.
1: All right. Oscar asks uh, me in particular about uh, Kia and Hyundai because he's noticed Peter Peter Schreier is about to retire next year. Yes, he is. And how will I be able to continue my Kia proclivity then? (laughs) Oscar, fantastic question. You're definitely following along. Thank you for that. Good news, everyone. Peter is only the tip of the iceberg. It's Hyundai and Kia are loaded with design talent, and I've named them before. Luke Donkervolka, who comes from Lamborghini and Bentley, who brought along his good buddy Sang-yup Lee from Chevrolet and Bentley. He did the Camaro is back, the new styling of the Camaro. Yeah. And we've also got Chris Chapman, who designed the BMW X5, among many other good BMWs. All three of those guys are at Hyundai and Kia. And those yeah. are the guys driving everything. I believe Luke will be in charge of Genesis, the resurgence of the Genesis mm. brand as a building out niche a separate brand. brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now who knows? As you've noticed, the uh, the Genesis Coupe is no longer sold as a brand new car. It is coming back. I don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to position all that, but I mean, Luke was there when Lamborghini reintroduced beautiful Lamborghinis. What we know, the Murcielago yeah. is really his signature car. That arc and line styling and the sharp edge all that kind of stuff so excellent designers don't worry and they're younger guys and
0: (laughs) don't worry (laughs) i love that we're on some sort of styling watch for kia that that's classic keep
1: going (laughs) it's not a styling death watch by any means those guys are going to be around for years to come and they're at a fast growing very hot awesome company and uh yeah i think we're good oscar but thanks for the question thank you for following along we're safe, everyone. Good news. We're safe. <laughs> Good <Can I>? <laughs> news.
0: <laughs> do you see uh, Michael Morris, who actually loaned us his uh, Focus RS for our uh, Focus RS piece that actually was was last week on TV a week ago. That Focus RS was loaned to us by a friend, Michael. And uh, he is – we've been talking about this a little bit. We feel like we've met a few owners now of that RS, and Michael's one of them, who love it when they buy it and six months later start going, do I love this car? Hmm. Which is interesting. That seems to be that, that, that RS seems to have an owner shelf life to some degree. I'm, I'm a little I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm curious if a year from now, are there quite a few of those on the market? I, I, I just There's no way to know. But we've heard a few of those stories. Michael's one of them. But in his attempt to kind of understand where the RS lands in his life, he's coming out to Utah to do the Focus RS Academy, which will be a blast, Michael. Everything we've done out there with the Ford Performance oh, School man, is yeah. a whole lot of fun. So that's one. Maybe we should see if we could join you. Anyway, uh, that's one that will be very fun. His question is, he's landing in SLC in the morning, Salt Lake in the morning, and he's not due at the track till that evening. Uh, does Is that enough time to go find some Utah roads? Absolutely. When you, when you get here, uh, seek us out. We'll see if we can point you in the right direction. Here's the thing to keep in mind. From the Salt Lake City Airport, you are 30 minutes west of the track you need to go to, but you're Uh, Pardon me. Yeah, you you need to go 30 minutes west to get to the track, or you can come 30 minutes east and be in Park City, go another 30 minutes east, and be on great roads. So you've got hours to kill. You can find some great Utah driving roads. The question is, what's your rental car? That's (laughs) the thing that really could kill this right away. I mean, some of the stuff they rent out there, the car's not really what I want to take on those roads, but it's still fun.
1: Exactly. Well, Michael, it's weird to be communicating with you because you emailed me before I went to Long Beach, and I've been so crazy with traveling and the show and all this stuff. So I owe you an email back. I owe you a phone call now, but thank you for writing. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear that you're thinking about getting out of the RS, probably trading it straight across for a 997. You don't have to push me very far, my friend. I, <laughs> you really don't.
0: I love that RS. Fish, barrel, pole. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I
1: mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm all over that. It's going to be a very different car. Yes, it has back seats, but if you can justify this to your wife, I (laughs) say go for it, my friend. I I owe you communication. Not back
0: seats like the RS has back seats. I mean, the RS has like actual, oh, look, that fit back there, back seats. Well, yeah. The 991, the 991 has surprisingly good back seats. The 997 is still, look, honey, it has back seats. (laughs) But it's, yeah.
1: look, I can tell my insurance agent that it has back seats. That's uh-huh. the best part. See,
0: yeah, I mean, I've seen them used. If, you're, if your kids are small, yes, they can work. You know, I'm the guy driving the, the FRS and claiming back seats, too. I get it. Trust me. I'm right in the middle of that. But not compared to your RS, it doesn't. But yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you see Kurt's uh, Facebook posting on here that he found your car? He, uh, he found yes. an orange Chevy SS. In manual brand transmission, brand new, hauling yep. cars out of Atlanta, sent us a photo. I, I That could be your car too, but I think you need I, I that agree. and an Elise because this does yes. very different things than the Elise does. It, yes, you know, it does. It very does. different hot buttons, but, you know,
0: orange. Yeah, in fact, I, I didn't know that car came in orange, and I went – Orange and, and here's here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. Lucky prior to prior to the FRS, I don't know why this is. Prior to the FRS, orange was never really a color that was on my like upper list. But it was the minute the FRS came out, it was the color for that car for me. It was like, that's the best color they offer. And it's now, so funny. orange cars in general turn my head, and I'm like, why? Orange? When did this happen? But uh, yeah, but that is a that has actually a really interesting looking color on that car. It's the first picture I've ever seen of an SS in orange. But manual is the thing that really gets me intrigued. Somebody you know is going to get that car at the crazy deals they're offering right now, where that car is like you know, thousands off. So yeah. uh, that is the swan song of that car. If you've ever thought about buying one, now is the time.
1: Orange cars. Think about this. All the ones that you love. Let's start with McLaren. Famous McLaren orange. Love those. You're right. No. The cars I love all come Lotus. in a cool orange. You're absolutely right. The yes, Lotus absolutely. orange. Totally awesome. Mm-hmm. The Chevy SS orange. The car you drive now. And the BMW 1N in Valencia orange. Hi. I know. When did this happen? I don't know. I, I, I don't
0: understand <laughs> when this little orange demon got into my brain and now I'm obsessed with orange cars. But you're right. Everything I'm really, really excited about possibly owning one day comes in a cool orange. Yeah. You're absolutely right.
1: I mean, even the new uh, Vora 400 looks great in orange. It's great.
0: <laughs> there is no other place in my life where the sentence looks great in orange applies. That's just that. That's the place right there. You don't yes, even drink exactly.
1: orange juice. You know, no, this? I
0: don't. I don't. Yes, exactly. So now I'm going to have to, like, wear a prison jumpsuit and drive an orange car. No, that's the wrong message. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all bad. Did did you notice today? Actually, we were at uh, the local Park City Car Club the day we were recording this. We were at the local Park City Car Club. There were a few uh, pictures out there. And uh, it's happened a couple times now. I've ended up parking my car beside Chance and Mandy's limited edition Boxster in, how do I describe this? Surface of the Sun Orange (laughs) is what their car is it's yeah. it's just yeah <laughs> what's so insane is if you see my car in any normal setting on planet earth you think wow that's an orange car you see my car next to Chance and Mandy's crazy orange boxer my car looks brown <laughs>
1: It does. It does. That's it's, so funny. It's,
0: it's the craziest dichotomy of two oranges side by side I've ever seen. Because I actually saw my car later in the, later off in the day. Because is like the first weekend I've driven around with the summer uh, wheels on it. Oh, and I actually yeah. walked in the parking lot. It was nice and clean. And I walked in the parking lot kind of right at dusk today. And I, just, I literally, I loved this. I stopped and just looked at my car and was like, that's a cool looking car. I love – that's what we're hoping for for all of you. You have a car where you just feel that way about. I mean, looking back is cool, but coming out of a store and stopping and being like, huh, that's a good-looking car. And I was struck here at like the late (laughs) – and again, you know, filmmaker in me, it was the late daylight and everything was a little amber anyway and it worked. And the car looked really orange. And then I thought back to this morning when it looked almost brown next to their orange, which may actually be – that may be the bridge too far for me is that level of orange.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, quick tease for the next podcast after this. Blake Swan, I'm looking at you. He's asked us to answer his email, and we will mm. for the next podcast. Blake is shopping great, for his mother, which is going to be a great one. I just mm-hmm. wanted to mention that to you, Blake. And then uh, quickly on Instagram here, Stephen Bremer has said, Paul has mentioned he's a watch guy. What's in my collection? Yes. I'm glad you're answering this because I I can't.
0: As well as I know you, all I can say to this question is Paul owns watches. They have hands. They're metal. They do stuff. And I'm done. I'm out. That's it.
1: Well, I'm currently wearing my Casio G-Shock, which is blue, and you've seen it in a lot of our reviews. This is my beat around watch. But I really like the oversized blue. I liked it because it was blue, of course. But uh, I have a minus eight They are a company based in San Francisco. I really like their watches. It's got a Japanese automatic movement in it. And I have two Bell & Ross, one BR02 and another Blackbird (laughs) uh, Limited Edition. So I like the Bell & Ross look, just kind of aviation but still is car theme. And one's a diving watch, one isn't, but – yeah, I'm a Bell and Ross guy. They just I'm really intrigued, but I've got my eye on Omegas. I like Omegas and some Tugs. Yeah, this is an endless discussion. I I really am into watches. Now you've got me thinking about what my next watch you know- should be here. Man, you know, two
0: two things have just struck me. First off, you know the you know the the cartoon Peanuts, the animated show Peanuts. Yeah,
1: so where yes, where all the
0: adults just sound like. Wah, 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 wah. This has, has been the last like. two minutes of the podcast for right. me. That's been the last two minutes of the podcast for me. There's that thought, and then the other thing, just because I, I have to note your consistency, my friend, because you know we we joke about the Paul Limiter here on the show, but but that applies to other random things in real life. There was a time, and I'm not going to talk numbers, but there was a time. Six months or so ago, we were in Los Angeles. We were hanging out with Edgar, who's our L.A. shooter. We were all together. It was Edgar and Chance and Paul and I. We were all together. Yeah. We were at dinner, and Edgar asked the question about, hey, Paul, I'm thinking about getting a nice watch. And Paul went, okay, let's have that conversation. At which point, I zoned out, checked my phone. But, but, but they started having a conversation about watches. Edgar listed what his budget was for a watch. In moments, Paul had a catalog on his phone up to show Edgar, and the cheapest watch in this catalog, was twice Edgar's budget. Oh. So um, it's not just a car thing, folks. It's it's superb design and great choices, but your budget will be stretched. Welcome to Watches with Paul
1: Schmucker. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm a foregone conclusion. <laughs> it's OK. Oh well. Oh well. It's OK.
0: This is, this is what we do. This is who we are. We can't help ourselves. Exactly. Meanwhile, I've ignored watches, and it sounds like peanuts over here to me. So yeah, <laughs> it, this ah, is ah, just ah, who ah.
1: we are. What else? Uh, any other questions before we wrap it up here?
0: That covers it for now. I think that's pretty good for now. My my son ran around the car show this morning, and at one point I looked up, and uh, my son, at the age of seven, had the, uh, the passenger door of the FRS open, because I've learned to just leave it open. He will find random kids at the car show and be like, you have to see our FRS, which works when you're seven. But he was actually showing two small blonde girls his age into the FRS, and I thought, Really? Are we starting that already? So that was happening this morning. <laughs> he's got uh, game. This has been my day. Your son yeah, has it's, game. He, my son at 7 has more game than I did at 27. <laughs> I, he's just he's, – he's about it. So good for him. I'm not sure where he's learning it, but, uh, yeah, there it is.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you very, very much for following along. Massive thanks to you for listening and watching. Again, please subscribe. Please rate and review the podcast when you get a chance mega thanks to our sponsors as well and thank you for writing to us with your own debate on our website or everydaydrivertv@gmail.com. at gmail.com and the next show on velocity is coming at you soon so catch that if you've got a dvr or uh, watch it live and uh, we're looking forward to the next podcast cheers everyone